0: It's Fire Away Friday Friday. on Exploring the Word. This is your chance to ask us your Bible question. You can email your question at word at AFR.net or visit Facebook.com slash Exploring the Word. It's Fire Away Friday on American Family Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to Exploring the Word. I'm Jim Stanley in with brother bird harper and dr alex mcfarland good afternoon guys good afternoon it's good to be with you jim and alex good to be with you guys all right so this is a special edition of fire Away friday and this is one of those fridays that we answer some of your questions that have come in through email as well as some questions that have been asked of individuals basically on the street
1: you know we <laughs> they, they think since we take questions uh we know more than we really do, guys. I, you know, I, they say, Bert, since you answered that question, what about this question? And I sometimes, you know what I say, guys? That's a good question. And then you just go on. <laughs> That's right. And uh, That's so right. some of these are just good questions. That's
0: a good you, question you know, to ask, <laughs>
2: Alex. Uh, listen, when we're on air and we get questions that are really, really difficult, I say, take it away, Bert. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I, it's, it's a joy to be with you today, and Jim, I do appreciate you coming in with us on these special days, and most of the time you're pinch-hitting for one of us, but when we have the opportunity to do a Fire Away Friday right. and a recorded one, uh, it's, it's just a joy for all three of us to be together.
0: Well, I'm grateful to be here. This is one of my favorite things to do. In fact, I, I, it's taken me a while to get there. But bless God, exploring the Word has become more important to me than uh, Trivia Friday.
1: Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, as be far careful. as as far as my most enjoyable <laughs> program to do. Well, what's funny is I'll be with people and I say, Well, I love exploring the word. It's my second favorite program. Right. And I say, Well, I, I just have to ask what's number one? They'll say, Trivia Friday or Learning Amen. University. That's right. So anyway, and when I get to substitute for that, uh, people laugh and they say, Bert, you go from one extreme to the other. And I said, Well, I get to bring both my personalities in, and that one about mm. the Bible and the other one's just, lo- I, I, I enjoy laughing. I enjoy the humor. Well, so far today, we won't have any questions
0: uh, for Andy Griffith.
2: <laughs> or we won't have any Come questions about the Beach Boys. <laughs> uh, both of those are great subjects. You know, guys, listen, traveling as I do, and I've got such a privilege to be in a, a different church in somewhere in North America just about every single weekend, but people assume that I know all the questions and all the answers from Trivia Friday. And I have I listen when I can, but I've learned I, I need to really take my notes with me because they come and they want to know the answers to the questions. And I say, you know, um, it's great. But that show has a lot of fans, and uh, we're blessed for all the listeners. And we've got some questions. This is a special edi- edition of Fireway Friday. And um, I just want to say what a blessing it is. People email questions in. And by the way, if you would want to do that, uh, dear friend, the email you can reach us at is word at AFR.net, W-O-R-D, word at AFR.net. And the que- questions just keep coming. Many of these, now, Bert and I have addressed in our book, 100 Bible Questions and Answers, which is at the AFA store, but uh, Jim and Bert, I keep getting new questions and the good news is the word of God has the answer and a relationship with Jesus Christ is the answer.
0: Amen. And and that's a great place to get started too, Alex. Uh, let's go ahead and and do that, guys. And the first question may seem simplistic at the surface, but when you delve into it, it gets a little deep. Did Adam go to heaven?
1: That's a great question. Now, let me tell you where that question came from. It came from a friend of mine in Mansfield, Louisiana. His name is Amador Santos. And, Amador, if you're listening, we're getting to your question that you asked the other day because someone said to you they didn't think they did. He's pastor at Hunter Magnolia Baptist Church in Mansfield. And matter of fact, I'm going to be down there on Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning, preaching down there at at this church, and we're looking forward to that. But that question comes from that. Let Mm -hmm. me set it up. The reason it had this idea is over in the book of Hebrews, when they start the Hall of Fame of Faith, Mm -hmm. they don't mention Adam first. The one they mention first is Abel, Mm -hmm. which was Adam's son. And they said, is there a record of him going to heaven? So, Jim and Alex, that's that's the setup of that question.
2: Okay. Well, and and Alex— it, it was. Did Adam go to heaven? Right. Adam. Right. Adam. Well, he, here's the thing. I I absolutely believe Adam and Eve did go to heaven, uh, not because they deserved it, because you know our first parents sinned, they disobeyed God, but they apparently did accept what God's um, pre Bethlehem uh, atonement for righteousness was, in uh, Genesis 3.21, okay, Adam and Eve have disobeyed, they sinned, their relationship with the Lord was broken. But it says in Genesis 3.21, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife Eve and clothed them. Now this, uh, uh, a related question is how did people in the Old Testament get saved before Jesus Christ? And sometimes people have asked us, this, they said, well, it, was it works? Well, it wasn't works. I mean, we read in the Bible that, um, y- you know, uh, in Habakkuk 2, Romans 4, and Hebrews 11, by faith, people trusted God. Now, the Old Testament saints look to the Messiah that would come, and we look back at the Messiah that did come, same Jesus, just two different sides of the cross, I believe and I know this is very kind of rudimentary or primitive, but in allowing God to clothe them in the skins of Genesis 321, they they, they were ashamed, they knew they had done wrong, they didn't completely understand everything that we have been shown, but they... Um, the righteousness required for heaven was imputed to them because they submitted to God's temporary covering of skins that foreshadowed the permanent coming of the Messiah centuries and centuries later. D- Bert, does that make sense? Am I it on the does. right track?
1: You're on track. This is where I was going to. I would. I know we say this a lot that you and I agree a lot, but that was the first thing. He clothed them. The shedding of blood had taken place. And so he w- they, there was the clothing that came upon Adam and Eve. And uh, let me just say there were several people not mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 that had great faith. The writer of Hebrews, they did that because of the difference in Cain and Abel, why he would give Abel the first uh, one to be listed, because he offered a more righteous sacrifice and, and all of that Cain did not So there was a contrast As you look at that list Especially at the bottom There's quite a bit of a contrast The first bunch in Hebrews chapter 11 You find out they were delivered Because of their faith The latter part after verse 33 They suffered because of their same faith mm-hmm. It's the same faith That delivers those from the, the enemy Is the same faith that that carries us to heaven, even when the enemy may even crush us physically. And so Adam not being on that list, I don't think, uh, is telling us that he didn't go to heaven, Jim. Okay, a follow-up to that, and
0: Alex, you had mentioned that they had accepted God's covering. As part of it also that they accepted God's punishment, they didn't Mm, have a lot of choice in the matter. But neither do we read a lot about them saying, well, that's not fair. You know, we don't deserve this. It it seems like when they accepted his covering, they also accepted the responsibility of punishment.
2: Yeah. As uh, the famous writer John Milton wrote, Paradise Lost, they were ejected from the garden. And it it was sad. I'm sure they were very downcast as they walked out that gate for the last time. And, you know, a cherubim with a flaming sword uh, guarded the way back into the garden now this is before the flood and you know what became of the garden of eden i think it was probably you know torn up in the flood i guess you'd say but you're right they uh sad as it was they accepted their fate didn't they
1: and when we do that uh you know i I think that says something about us let's let's bring it up to date to us um And well, let me let's go back to David first. Just because David was forgiven, did not take away the result of his sin immediately. Uh, There was all kinds of rebellion in his family, death in his family, and that occurs. And when we are saved, and uh, I I had a friend that in high school, and I, I don't know why, but he, I mean, he was tough and rough, got into fights, had some scars from fighting. And later on in life, he got saved. But guess what? The scars remained. Uh, They didn't automatically go away. So the results of our choices uh, stay with us many times. Now, every once in a while, he can restore, and he does. Uh, He restores the joy. He can restore peace. But usually the scars of the physical realm and even that of the family, the difficulties, Mm -hmm. Uh, they seem to hang around, guys. Have y'all noticed that? It's true, just about it. And so, I think Adam and Eve being taken out of the garden, uh, yeah, the result was there, even though they had received forgiveness. Right.
0: Okay. Great question, uh, Brother Bird, and the the gentleman that asked that of you. Thank you, Amador. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay. This is a different different question than the one of Adam that we just covered. And again, it seems simplistic on its surface, but when we get into it, it may not be as easy an answer as we think. What is blasphemy, and does our exposure to God's Word make a difference? Now, before you guys launch into that, let me read a scripture. It's always good to explore the word. Why, why do you always, always
1: bring out it? why do you always bring scripture into the oh go ahead, Jeff.
0: Well let me tell you I got my small print Bible today, so <laughs> Hey,
1: I'll hold it up for you over here and <laughs> see
0: In First right. Timothy, uh, in verse beginning there in verse twelve it says, and this is Paul, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous generous And gracious our Lord was, he filled me with the faith and love that come from Christ Jesus. So when we think of blasphemy as being the unforgivable sin, is that because we as Christ followers may do it from a sense of knowledge, whereas Paul did it from ignorance?
1: Okay. When we hear this question it's always difficult to mm-hmm. explain because uh you have the blaspheming of the holy ghost you know blaspheming period without the words the holy ghost so whatever it is it is speaking against with more than just a denial it is with a uh it may be ignorance, but it's out of a, a emotional heart. It's not just something that's mental. You know what I mean, Alex? It's not, a, yeah. it's not me saying I have trouble with that. It is a complete denial of it, even against the evidence,
2: you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, we think of blasphemy as, you know, a curse word or taking the Lord's name in vain, which is terrible, and nobody should ever do that, and I don't minimize how bad that is. But, you know, I think there could actually be... Uh, in the heart of blasphemy, which is the utter rejection of God.
1: And that utter rejection, listen, that's, that's what you don't want to do. You want to come and realize your need for the Lord Jesus Christ today. Jim, today's the day of salvation, isn't it? Absolutely is.
0: Exploring the Word continues straight ahead on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on
2: American Family Radio.
0: Let me go down, down, down in history as another blood or faithful member of the family. And you know, when I hear that song, it makes the the line coming right into that is, I want to go down in history as a as a believer. Let me tell you what: when you move to the point. Of your life being history, you better have known Jesus Christ. Amen. Because without him,
1: that next chapter is not going to be really good. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Hmm. Now, people that think Jesus was just a good teacher and just a good moral guy, they must not have heard those words. I agree with, you know, uh, Uh, Different ones that's talked about it, you know, Josh McDowell and others, he is either Lord, liar, or lunatic. I Mm. believe he was Lord. For him to say, I'm the only way to the Father, listen, that's either arrogance or truth. That's right. And uh, for those of us that know him, have experienced him, it is truth. He is the way.
0: You know, they say it's only arrogance if you can't back it up. I'm guessing when the stone rolled away and he came out of the tomb... He backed it up. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen, guys. Right. So while we're talking about things that would aggravate people, and you know, guys, I'm I'm the guy. I'm the guy with the speech that says we try to talk about those things that unite us, not those things that might divide us. Well, sometimes this becomes a, a decisive, uh, divisive, if you will, uh, question, because a lot of people don't want to follow it. So, short and sweet, is tithing for New Testament believers?
1: Well, I, I believe w- yes. I will put this; it's the place to start. Uh, yes, you know, and I I know this is simplistic, and I know we got to go deeper than this, but it's true. If tithing was expected under the law, what should be thought of under grace? Mm-hmm. And uh, again, tithing. Uh, it's been proven over and over again. And I think Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament that really has a lot of future-looking language to the New Testament, guys, when you read the book of Malachi, you know you get that. And he's the one that says, Prove me, says the Lord, and see if we'll not be blessed when we bring the tithes into the storehouse. And so it is one does it mention it? He says these things you should not have, uh, you should have done, and not left the others undone. And he was talking about tithing. So he said you should have done
2: that. Uh, that's pretty plain to me, Alex. Uh, I agree. Uh, You know, tithing is very, very clear in the Old Testament from, you know, Genesis and Leviticus and uh, Malachi talks about giving. But in the New Testament, I I will grant the the word tithe, T-I-T-H-E, the word tithe is not in the New Testament, but... Both Jesus and the Apostle Paul talked a lot about giving. And let me read in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7. Paul kind of sums it up. He says, quote, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And this thing about bountiful giving Um, It's not original with me, but like you and I have said, Bert, uh, a Christian under grace ought to do at least as much as an Israelite under the law, wouldn't you think?
1: I agree fully. Jim, uh, I I think it's a good time to have testimony. At the church where I pastored, the last full-time church I pastored, uh, once a year we would have just a stewardship week and talking about the blessings of the Lord. Time and time again, we're talking about women that were single moms and we're talking about uh older couples that were living on quote what we call a fixed income we're talking about people that were working hard and making good money and we would have different ones to give up and and they didn't give the amount of money they gave that wasn't it but they'd give and share the joy of tithing and giving Mm -hmm. and it was from the least of these to those that had abundance and uh, so I, it's a joy, and I think it's a testimony of God's amazing grace that we can be a part of His kingdom work. Uh, and again, start at tithing and see. Just prove me, says the Lord. See if I won't pour out blessings on you.
2: Amen.
0: In Matthew Amen. twenty-two twenty through twenty-two, we hear this often when tithing comes up. And he, being Jesus, saith unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he, being Jesus, unto them, Render therefore unto the things which are Caesar's unto Caesar, and unto God the things that are God's. When they heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. So you guys, both of you have mentioned Grace versus law. If a tithe was the law, and grace is forgiveness, and we should be making joyful gifts, as Alex mentioned, that is just another way to look at that. Everything we have is God's. You know, uh, one of my uh, one of the things I've shared with people pretty much my entire tenure here at Afr is that the equipment that I use isn't Jim Stanley's. Now, Jim Stanley may be assigned a pair of headphones, but that doesn't make them mine. Mm. That makes them the property of AFA. You know, the equipment that I use, the phone, is the property of AFA. My laptop is the property of AFA. So those are tools that have been given to me to help me to be able to do my job. I'm not monitored. On those, you know, as far as, well, you didn't use your laptop enough this week or you didn't use your phone enough this week. So, is this also the case that we need to understand whose it is so we can
1: celebrate whose it is? Alex, let me mm-hmm. make a statement and you take it away. Let me see stewards. We're required to be stewards. If I under- understand what that means, it means a manager of the household the household is not yours but you're the manager of it mm-hmm. we're stewards aren't we alex
2: we, we really are we, we really are and as stewards you know we're to i believe proactively do something you know with our life and mindful of the fact that it all belongs to the lord and uh you know i think sometimes in terms of our obedience and giving uh, we want law, but in terms of how we expect God to bless us, we want grace, you know. And, and I think we are to give to the church where we go and are being fed. We're to give to worthy ministries like AFR and AFA and so many others. But I think we need to – and listen, God, God will entrust us with more and more as he sees that we are responsible with it. 1 John 3.17 – speaking to Christians, says, If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? And, you know, Matthew 19 also talks about giving. And Jesus said, you know, if you want to be perfect, go and sell what you possess, give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, then come and follow me. I think uh, our giving, uh, our stewardship of what, like Jim said, belongs to the Lord. It's God's. To our church, to the gospel work through worthy ministries, and then have enough. And I'm not, I'm not for indiscriminately, recklessly just throwing money at people. But um, sometimes we do need to be able to have enough that we can help people, and uh, the Holy Spirit will guide us. And I'll, I'll say this, and then you guys can take it away. We we don't give in order to get, but I can tell you from. First-hand experience, and Angie and I—you know our story. We got out of school; she was paying off nursing school debt, I was paying off seminary and grad school debt. And in 1996, we had fifty-eight dollars in the whole wide world, seriously. And um, I mean, we—I give God the glory, but you know, we would go and scrape up two ninety-nine and go get, um, you know, a, a super value meal and split it, uh, and that was our night out. But I'm going to tell you, if you honor God with your substance, he will bless you more and more, and uh, he will entrust to you as much as you can responsibly handle.
1: You know, you were talking about tithe and not being commanded in the New Testament. I, I think, I, I do, I believe it is, because Matthew 23, 23, this is red letters, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and what they've done, and it just simply says... Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you, p- you pay tithe of mint and anise and cummin. In other words, to the very nth degree, you want to make sure you do every little bit, not just the big, but the little. So what you're saying is they round down instead of rounding up. <laughs> That's right. Mm. And it says, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. In other words, Jesus is, either he is commanding or assuming tithing is what you do uh, when you're a follower of God. And these Pharisees were saying, we're followers of God, even though they were not. And he said, if you are, you will do it. And I know that's not a command, but I I just, I believe with all my heart, it's, uh, it's something that as a believer, when God gets hold of your heart, it's a straight line to the, pocketbook as someone has said well and you know paul says in romans 12
0: that he begs us to make our bodies a living sacrifice and this is i think tithing comes under that that part which is wholly acceptable unto god he doesn't want us to give ourselves as dead sacrifice that sacrifice has already been met through christ and we don't need to repeat it because frankly it wouldn't do us any good amen jim so um so that's one of the ways that I look at that um, however this leads us directly into my next question and this question also this one comes from Bert and the question and he'll share I'm sure who asked him but what is the difference in peace with God and the peace of
1: of God and there is a difference there is because but the question came because of a sermon I preached and and I was talking about being at peace with God and person came up well I've I've heard of that but what about the peace of God is there a difference and you let me just say it simply Uh, the peace that of God cannot be experienced without being at peace with God. Mm-hmm. You can this is the word use the word at at peace with God. That's when you come into a relationship with him when you have surrendered your life, you have you have admitted your sin, you've repented, turned and turned to Christ. Repentance requires turning away and to uh, repentance is not just turning away without any further actions. real repentance, biblical repentance is turning away from and turning to. So real biblical repentance is turning to Christ and that's where peace with God comes in and the peace of God follows that. Um, yes it, the amazing thing they'll they'll see that peace it's and what is how does it describe it Alex and Jim? It's peace that passes all understanding. Mm. In other words, yes. the world can't understand why we can be at peace when the world is falling apart, you know?
2: Well, let me uh, put down some kind of uh, preconditions for this. Now, the peace with God comes from, from being saved. Uh, Romans 5.1 says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. But if you read in Philippians 4, uh, the, that peace within your heart, the peace of God, that stability, that that tranquility, and your 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 soul is at rest. There are some things that we need we can position our life to experience that. Philippians 4 4, rejoice in the Lord. Again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. In other words, remember that the Lord is with us, plus he's coming back. Then Philippians 4 six do not be anxious in anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with your thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Okay, so those are some steps. If you want the peace of God, so, you know, you're walking with the Lord, you're trusting the Lord, you're mindful that He is near, you're with prayer and thanksgiving, you are bringing your petitions to God, then Philippians 4, 7 says, and, in other words, upon these things... The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So guys, is it fair to say that some, sometimes a born-again Christian might not experience the peace of God because there's some things in their spiritual life that have not really been aligned with what the Word of God tells us to do?
0: You know, um, as we were discussing that, as you guys were discussing and I was listening, it made me think of an old chorus, and it was this, you know, for us to find peace with God comes through obedience to his word and obedience to him. For us to find the peace of God is when God simply rests on us. And so it reminded me of this old chorus. You guys may have heard of it before. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Here's the hard part of that chorus. Break me, melt me, mold me, fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. We're told that we are simply jars of clay and that our potter continues to work on us. So that he can fill those jars of clay with his presence and with his spirit. Amen.
1: So and those cracks in that uh, pot—it's amazing. Uh, Sometimes those cracks, the line Mm -hmm. remains even in the peace of God, Mm -hmm. but he seals them. But the but the scar that are remain. Right. The thing that time has got less than a minute now. But, guys, I, I, I know this, and I've used it again and again, and I'll probably use it again after this. Nothing better to me than demonstrating the peace of God is when Jesus was in the ship, he was tired, he was resting, <laughs> and those guys, seasoned fishermen and others, were on deck, and they were fighting against the storm, and they went down to him, Jesus, you're sleeping. Do you not concern that we are we're about to perish? But making the whole story short, he comes out. What does he say? peace be still amen that's Mm. the peace of god in the midst it doesn't necessarily take away the storm from all around us but in the midst of the storm that's god's presence in our life
0: absolutely we'll continue this on the other side of the break here on exploring the word on afr welcome back to exploring the word on american family radio you're
2: my defender
0: I tell you what, we talk about standing in the gap for friends, we talk about standing in the gap for fellow believers, we talk about standing in the gap for family members. Isn't it great to know that we have someone who stands in that gap for us? Amen. You know, we're we're told from from Hebrews that he is standing, and there's another place where it says sitting. I'm not going to get into that controversy. He gets up and down. That's right. What, <laughs> you know, I mean, he even likes to sit down every now and yeah. then. Um, but we have him standing in that gap between us and God, uh, covered by his
1: blood, and then he is praying for us. Yeah. You know, uh, I just got to say this in the Holy of Holies, there's no chair. For the high priest to sit down. I mean, he goes in there once a year, the Holy of Holies, once a year, and there's no chair for him to sit down. He's constantly moving. Mm-hmm. But when Jesus had done the work and paid the sacrifice, he sat down at the right hand of the Father on high. That means it was a work completed. He had when he said it is finished he it, it was finished and he went and sat at the right end of the father to make intercession for us but guess what else he sat he was waiting he sat there waiting for the father to say son go get my children hmm. And uh, so that, that's just the midnight cry song. I that's love right, that song. Gold City.
2: Amen. You, you want to hear something really interesting? I, I think um, now there's a lot of words we use to talk about Jesus, our Savior, the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Uh, he's our Messiah. He's our Redeemer. So many things. But I'm going to tell you, maybe uh, the best word, certainly one of the words that ought to be very near and dear to us when we're talking about Jesus, is our Advocate that's right, you know in 1 John chapter two, verse one says that we have an advocate before the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. now, um, hey, can I chase a very, very quick rabbit, folks all right, um, we know.
0: So
1: that's
2: a yes from us, then. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you know, in John sixteen seven through 16, Jesus told the disciples, he said, It is to your benefit that I go away, because I will send another, the Comforter, uh, who will convince the world of sin, the Holy Spirit. Now, there have been songs written. The word for the Holy Spirit is the word paraclete, mm-hmm. the one who comes alongside. And I think all of us know, and we We can relate that we can tell when the Holy Spirit is working on us and coming alongside of us. Okay, what's interesting, folks, uh, classic Christianity, biblical Christianity is Trinitarian, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, three persons. And people sometimes ask us, they'll say, where in the Bible do I see the Trinity? All right, here's the thing. Father, Son, Holy Spirit are all unique, and their ministries are unique. But yet, there's one God, and their ministries overlap. What is so amazing? All right, we have an advocate before the Father, and uh, Satan, the accuser, says, "Oh, they're sinners, you know." But Jesus said, "Yes, but I shed their blood, shed my blood for them, and they trusted in me. And Father, they are one of mine because they were born anew through faith in me." Right? Okay. The word advocate. In 1 John 2, 1, if you look in the original language, it's the word paraclete. Now, Jesus is not the Holy Spirit, but what it means, part of Christ's ministry is to paracletan, to come alongside us, to present us before the Father, righteous, redeemed, spotless, unblemished, written in the Lamb's Book of Life because we trusted in Him. And I just wanted to say that a little bit, that um, isn't it wonderful that we have this advocate? And friend, if you're a a Christian, um, none of us wants to die, but you don't have to fear death, at least in the sense of judgment, if you're a believer, because your Redeemer, your attorney at the judgment bar of God will present you as one of His redeemed, our advocate Jesus, if you've trusted in him, and we hope that you have.
1: You know, with that in mind, we have a partner. I need him, Mm -hmm. and if you're listening and you realize you do not have the peace of God, and you're not peace with God, then that's the question that was answered in the previous uh, segment. And now we're talking about the advocate. We have him seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession, being our advocate for us. If you need help with that, there's a, these are our partners. You can call triple eight need him, triple eight need him, and there's a person there who will share with you, talk with you, and help you come to that understanding. Because our phone lines are not open today. Uh, this is a pre-recorded program. And uh, we're just so excited about your listening today. And even though you can't call, we're still answering questions on Fire Away Friday, questions that you've asked us, uh, either sending in at word at AFR.net. You've done it to Alex or myself personally, and even Jim. They come in, and Jim looks at them even more than I do. He he looks at those questions uh, and and we have great questions that come in, don't we, uh, Jim? We sure do, and, and
0: I do try to answer as many of those as I can. In I fact,
1: appreciate it, man. The
0: other day I had one, and the question was directed to Bert or Alex. And when I replied to the gentleman, I said, "I'm neither of those fellas, <laughs> but let me see if I can help." And, and you did. So. He, hey, Alex, you'll be proud. He did good. <laughs> Amen. Well, y'all oh, are very kind. Hey, while we're here. While we've talked about the advocate, and while we've talked about getting peace with God, and you did give our the number for Need Him, and if folks, if you do want to talk to someone, I would encourage you to call them. They're, they're really good people. They'll help you in uh, coming to a knowledge of Christ. But, Alex, would you take just a moment um, and actually tell us what we can do to know that we have both peace with God and the peace of God?
2: Well, wonderful. Uh, yes, this is called the gospel, the good news. Now, what is the good news? The good news, the great news is that God loves you. And in spite of the fact that we've sinned, that Jesus gave his life and you can be forgiven, I want to say to everybody listening, your brand new, fresh start in life, but more importantly, your fresh start with God can begin today. Jim, I want to give four very quick scriptures, and listeners, you, you tell me, if you, if you want to make sure, and you say, you know, if I were to die, I want to know that I know that I'm ready to face God. I want, I want to know that I would go to heaven, not hell. Okay, these four scriptures, tell me if you can agree with these. Number one, Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned. We're, we're all sinners. We've known the right and we've done the wrong. Do you admit that you're a sinner? Because that's one of the necessary steps to come into the Lord, to realize that we have a sin problem. Okay, Romans six twenty three says that the the result of sin is death, separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. Romans 5, 8 says this. Here's what God has done for you, my friend. God demonstrated his love in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, the word demonstrate means to tangibly prove. God has tangibly, clearly proved that he loves you because Christ died for you. You say, well, how do I know God loves me? Because the Son of God was willing to die for you to be saved. Now, now here's the thing. This is very key. Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross makes salvation possible. But you putting your faith in Jesus will make salvation actual. Mm. Now, Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Guys, I had a listener call me last night from Michigan, and we emailed. I gave him my number. And um, he's actually a pastor having a, a faith crisis. And and he said, how do I know I'm afraid If I were to die and we went through the gospel. But here's the thing, folks. If you will turn to Christ, and repentance means to turn. You're going down the wrong one-way street. You turn the car around. Today, in your heart and soul, turning to Jesus, you're going to turn things around. You say, Lord, I am sorry for my sins. Lord, I do believe that Jesus is the Son of God, as he said, and when he was nailed to that cross, Lord, I believe you did that for me. And, Lord, I'm turning from sin. I put my faith in you. Please save me. Wash my sins away. And, guys, let me, let me just lead in a prayer. And, folks, I want to encourage you. Pray. Put your faith in Jesus today. Not, not a one of us has a guarantee of tomorrow, but you have this minute. And if you would trust Christ, he will forgive you. Pray from your heart to God Something like this. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner and I am sorry for my sins. And Lord, I desire to know you. I want you in my life and I'm asking you to save my soul. And Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe he did that for me. I'm trusting Jesus as my Savior, my forgiver. And with your Holy Spirit, I will follow you the rest of my life. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. Help me follow you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Bert and Jim, I, I believe what the Bible says. And I could give you so many scriptures. First John 5.13, John 6.37, 1 John 5.1. Uh, but... I, I believe what the Word of God promises, that when we put our trust, our faith, our belief in Jesus, He does come in. And so for anyone who might have prayed that prayer today, um, let us know about it. Follow through. Follow through. It, listen, being a Christian, it, it's an event and a journey. The moment, the event is that experience many of you might have just experienced right now. You You called out to Christ and He heard you. That was wonderful. That's the birth. But the growth is you, you feed your soul, you pray, you read the Word, you get in church. And, um, guys, I just pray that everybody who prayed that prayer today will follow through and become everything that the Savior wants you to become.
0: Amen. And what I'd like to do is to help equip that person who may have given their life to Christ. Folks, if you made a genuine commitment today— to Christ, I'd like to for you to send me your name and address to word at afr word at afr and if you do that, then I'm going. I'd like to send you a hope and encouragement Bible from our friends at Tyndale House Publishing and DaySpring Publishing. Um, we gave some of these away at the end of the year and the beginning. Of, of 2022 and so uh, I don't have a lot of these but if you've come to know Christ I have one of those that I'd like to send you or I have another study Bible that I can send you you know either one uh, maybe that you just get the one that's handy I'll just be honest with you and so um,
1: if you can, gain... the ones that are in your office yes they're good either one of them so you're blessed either way
0: that's right Um and I genuinely believe that, and so, uh, but it, it is one of those things that we want to help equip you so that you can continue your journey with Christ, uh, guys. I appreciate us taking time Amen. to do that. There's I really think nothing it's important. more
1: important than mm. this: getting right with God and doing it now. Mm. This, let me put an urgency on here, guys. We're not promised tomorrow. The book of James talks about the the sin of. Uh, You know presumption. Mm -hmm. In other words, tomorrow I'm going to go and do this, and it says you're not assured of tomorrow. Right. Get right with God and do it now. Today's the day of salvation. And you know, I I almost hate
0: to go from that topic to the next topic. But it is a topic that needs to be addressed. And, and Alex uh, had this come in, and it was from a, a listener, and uh, she lives in, in Tifton, Georgia, and we appreciate her input. But it came from a meme, and basically the emphasis of the meme had to do with the fact that the American church is bigoted and oppressive. But when we look at what we just shared... The entire – I mean, not every church in America is bigoted and oppressive, and I can promise you that exploring the Word isn't. Well, we may be opinionated.
1: but (laughs) Hopefully, it's uh, biblical opinion. We try to. So,
2: Alex, break this down for us, if you would. Well, thanks, Jim. And, you know, I love whenever I can to say a good word for the church. It's – sadly, I think it's become kind of um, fashionable to just, you know – bash on the church but here's the thing so a lady she says um that her sister was in church for 30 years and she's gotten away from church and she's very angry and she posts this thing on social media that the church is bigoted and intolerant guys let me just say this and what i'm what i'm about to say somebody might say well uh this is anecdotal and alex that's just your experience but i think it's uh Kind of interesting, maybe, because, all right, I've been in 2,000 churches throughout 50 states. In fact, well more than 2,000 because I quit counting in the fall of 2019. But one of my publishers asked me to count every church I'd ever been in. And as of the fall of 2019, it was 2,000 churches. And I mean, like right now, I'm I'm preaching all this week in a Presbyterian church. I've been in Assembly of God, Methodist, Baptist, non-denominational, uh, um, all over the map, you know. And I will tell you, in the 2,000-plus churches that I have been in, and by the way, sociologists would, call, would absolutely call this a representative sample, because 500 people constitutes a representative sample. In other words, we polled 500 Americans. Well, I've been in four times that, at least. And I'm telling you, the churches that I've been in, are serving people, loving people, serving the Savior. Even Gannett Newspapers recognizes the church does so much positive that our country needs them.
1: Mm. Listen to one scripture, guys. Galatians 5.1, and that's what it was all about, the possibility of stepping away from your faith. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the liberty that God gives us from, and he gives us liberty to him. It is setting us free, guys. Amen. Folks, this has been Exploring the Word on American Family Radio.
0: We appreciate you taking time to be with us today. Stay tuned. The Washington Watch comes your way after news here on AFR.